Want to support the show and get free stuff while you do so? Go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. You know, I didn't think we were going to make it. It's the movie. What about the movie? I don't know how to explain it. It's just a feeling. The movie's to blame for all this. She's right. She put on that mask and scratched herself. Get it? Because of that scratch, she became a demon. An instrument of evil. Like they said in the damn movie, you heard them. Right? Yes. We gotta stop it. Believe me, we gotta stop the movie. He's right, yes, it's the movie. Stop the movie. Hey, George, you believe that shit? What are you waiting for? Stop the movie. <laughs> Where's the projection booth? Upstairs, next to the gallery. Right, we'll all go up there together. If we stick together, no one gets hurt. Got it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Hannah! Hannah! I lost my girl! Get out of the way! Hannah! Where are you? And now, the Dolls of Horror. Hi guys, welcome back to the Dolls of Horror podcast, the spot to feed your tormented addiction. I am your hostess, Summer, and tonight's guest doll, we have none other than the genius artist himself, Mr. Clark Felix. It's about time you've had me back on. I know. When was your last episode? Because I don't remember. You know, it wasn't too long ago, though. It was only a couple months ago. doesn't feel like it, but... I also can't remember any episodes we've actually done in the last three months. I think it was like a movie I didn't care for, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, it must have been one of those movies where I was like, hey, we need, we oh, need someone. The Sentinel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't care for it. <laughs> Cake orgy. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, since you got your new format now, I should have been like the first guest you had. No. It's okay. Hey, I wanted, you know, no, no, uh, no shade directed towards um, John, but I, I didn't care for that movie. We had yeah. already announced and picked that movie. So it's kind of like a throwaway movie. And I'm like, dude, I know it's not a great movie. I'll give you a better movie later. It's just ask it done. <laughs> <laughs> just got to get this one out. I don't care. You know, it's just got to go. But That's what happens when you promise movies to people. I know. Well, we chose it together, but we chose it was a blind pick. And when I watched it, I'm like, I hate it <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea if jamie would have felt differently i think she might have not liked it very much either but me not so much so i'm like dude it's you know it's not a good movie but let's just do it <laughs> i did it so i promised him another better movie later he didn't seem to mind the movie though so that's good yeah anyway clark welcome back you are going to be back time and time again as a regular guest doll because 
You're so important to the podcast and to me. Heck yeah. And you have finished my new logo. Yay. <laughs> and I'm in love. Yeah, I'm sorry it took so long. Um, I got started on it, but then, of course, changes. <laughs> changes were made. <laughs> Everything changed. This is the last time, though, I promise. Well, I don't see how you could get rid of yourself. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I quit. <laughs> quit. No, never. never. You know, if I was going to quit, I would have quit a long time ago. Right. I'm having too much fun alone now. This is this is great. This is the best. I actually well, feel free. I don't have to deal with anyone's petty bullshit, feelings, drama. I am learning how to edit. So I don't have to, I don't have to depend on anyone for that. It's great. I'm having a yeah. blast. I'm glad I could be, um, well, had been one of your confidants that you spoke to beforehand when you were figuring out what you're going to do. Yeah. And it was my advice was just like, do it yourself. Like it's going to be so much better. <laughs> You've been telling me to do it myself for quite a while. Yeah. Like months. If and not, now, if not even like a year, like you've been advising that, that this <laughs> should be the direction for a long time. Right. And then the cool thing is like, unless you tell people specifically like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. You could kind of just like wing it like, hey, I'm going to do this episode when this person's available, this one when this person's available. And just as they come, as they're going, so much better for you. It is so much better. And it's also better because I only have to worry about my schedule, not exactly. two person schedule and then try to work someone else in. Because honestly, these last few episodes and why I didn't have you on sooner was it was just like got to get some stuff recorded quickly yeah. and pushed out quickly and now i have a little bit more of a backlog so i can sort of have you know chosen people on at certain times now but it also has been great because i've been hosting all these new interviews that i was never able to do because of scheduling i hosted an interview with someone in australia and i had to do it at 1 a.m my time <laughs> to accommodate him of course because he's in australia right it was something like 6 p.m. his time. I think this is the latest that we've ever done it because it's pretty much the witching hour for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I've just turned into a pumpkin already, listeners. <laughs> I, By the way, Clark, I apologize and I thank you very much for showing up this late. It is, what, 12.30 a.m. my time, 12.23 a.m. my time. And I just got home from work. I was late getting home from work. And, you know, Clark's a trooper. He's stuck around for me and I appreciate it. Well, yeah, I wanted to get this episode out and get some more recorded soon. Yeah, you're going to be doing our Valentine's Day episode this year. Heck yeah. I kind of like forced myself into that, but you're welcome. <laughs> I I asked you which ones you wanted to do, <laughs> including ones we've already done, especially in the way past. And you said, how about Valentine? And I'm like, great, let's do it. <laughs> and I have to give you a belated happy birthday. Thank you. This is supposed to be my birthday episode. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. Your birthday just snuck up on me, dude. I was like, holy shit. Oops. Man, for some reason, I thought it was February. I don't mm -hmm. know why. I thought we had time. And then all of a sudden, Facebook tells me it's your birthday in January. Uh-oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy belated birthday, boo. 
I love Thank you so you. much. Appreciate you and everything you've done. You've completed the new logo. It'll be dropping like when this episode drops. And I am in love. It's the best one you've ever done. No, oh, it's easy source material. <laughs> With a very close, maybe even a tie to last year's especially the revamp with me only because my caricature is so big and beautiful mm -hmm. anytime i get to be a, a scary spooky ballerina i'm all for it heck yeah yeah so listeners look out for that logo go visit the instagram it will be posted and i'm in love i'm so in love okay so we've talked about doing this movie for at least a month now i'm finally I am so happy that we're finally getting it done. We are doing Demons from 1985. Demons. Demons. <laughs> Clark Dahl, when is the first time you've seen Demons? You know what? I'm not a big Italian horror movie um, seeker. So this one actually came to me pretty late. Um, I'm pretty sure I was already in my 30s by the time I saw this one. And you're 20 now, so that... Oh, yes. <laughs> You know, I'm unapologetic about my age. I had just turned 37 on the 11th. Look at so you. I am now in my late 30s. <laughs> you were in your late 30s when you hit 35. Don't you remember? That is mid 30s. <laughs> in school, they teach us to round up. You were closer to 40 than you were to 30. I guess true. But you know what? I do kind of always say higher when people are like, how old are you? I'm like around 40. So that way when I do turn 40, it's not going to be like the end of the world. <laughs> also, you do look super young. So oh, thanks to the Mexican jeans, <laughs> right? What do you call it? 50 shades of mayo, <laughs> right? I have that too. So I'll get some wrinkles around my eyes first. <laughs> oh, for me, I, this is another mistaken identity movie. I first saw this like two months ago and oh, I wow. thought that I had seen it years ago and I thought that I didn't like it that much. Okay. Well, Surprise, I've never seen this movie. I liked it okay. Maybe I saw Demons 2 that I was thinking of. I don't know. Demons 2 is more like in a hotel complex. Or not hotel, remember. like an apartment complex. I don't remember, but I'm going to have to watch it now. Because this one was a fun ride. I wasn't expecting it to be. Oh, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Just like with Deep Red, I thought I'd seen it before and hated it. Then I yeah. watched it and realized this is not the movie that I had seen. And it's fine. By the way, I figured out which movie that I thought I saw that was Deep Red. Okay, what was it? It was actually Deep Red. However. A different Deep Red? Nope. It was the same Deep Red, but the quality of the film sucked balls. And I think it was some sort of weird re-edit because it didn't begin the same. But there were parts of it that were the same. And it was called something different. They called it Deep Red Hatchet Murders. <laughs> okay. So it was Deep Red, but it was a weird edit of Deep Red that I didn't care for. And they called it something weird. So mystery solved. I don't think I've ever been on a movie like this with you. Do you like Jallo films? No. Okay. Like, it's fine. I mean, I don't know. I liked Deep Red. Okay. Of course, you know, I love Suspiria, but that's more because of it's a ballet movie and not a Giallo. Yes. What other ones? We did Inferno, which I didn't care for too much. You did all three of those Suspiria looking ones or whatever they're called, right? Yeah. What was the last one in that? Mother or something. Oh, God. That was terrible. That's right. <laughs> no, thank you. I liked Phenomena. 
Yeah, that one's not bad. So really, my only real experience with Giallo is Argento. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of Argento adjacent. Right. But that's kind of it. So it's nothing I seek out. I really don't do well with foreign films. Luckily, these are all dubbed. But yeah, I don't really seek them out that much. I did not hate Demons, though. I didn't love it. But there are aspects of it that I really, really, really loved, which we will get into. Right. Okay, y'all. For those of you who have not seen Demons, here is the synopsis. Spoilers up the wazoo on this one. Yes, many spoilers ahead. A group of random people are invited to a screening of a mysterious movie only to find themselves trapped in the theater with ravenous zombie-type demons. Maybe that's why I didn't like this movie. They really reminded me of zombies. I guess kind of, yeah. They were very zombie-esque, especially in how they contracted their demon disease. Yeah, but it would be almost like a, like the New Age zombies, like a 28 Days Later or oh, something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And what was that movie that I just did with Devin? Uh, Train to Busan. Yeah, similar to that, too. Well, that was actually a good movie, though. That was a good movie, not because as you listened. Not because it's a zombie movie, but because it's a, a human experience movie. Right. Like, I could have totally done without the zombies. And mm. it'd still be a good movie. It kind of, um, have you ever seen that really old movie? God, I forget what it is. Um, something like Night Train Terror or something. Mm-hmm. It was really weird because, like, there was, like, some strain of, like, I remember them seeing blood looking at a microscope and then seeing, like, a dinosaur in it. <laughs> And then there's like a vampiric kind of like demon on it and makes everyone like zombies almost. And I think it has like Christopher Lee in it. <laughs> Sounds about right. No, um, never. It was a random ass <laughs> movie. And I just remember being a, so scared of it as a kid for some reason. I think it's because he had like glowing red eyes. Yeah, that could do it. Yeah. Just like Tori in the movie that she premiered on this new Dolls format on she's like this movie scared me as a kid and i watch it now and go to fuck (laughs) (laughs) that was a fun one to do with her though it was great well it was great to have like your original co-host back (laughs) it was you know and she had to be the first one back honestly it was just you too so it was more personal you know (laughs) yeah just like the old times john morgan messaged it was just like the old days and he loved it good okay but yeah these are like zombie demons and so Maybe that's what I don't really like so much because I don't like zombies, really. Maybe. Eh. All right. Directed by Lamberto Bava, son of Mario, the cinematographer. Now, Lamberto also did Delirium and Demons 2, and he was the second unit director on Inferno and Cannibal Holocaust. Oh. Hmm. Written, oh my gosh, there are four writers credited on this. Maybe that's why. I mean... I was going to get to that with like when you talk about like story or whatever, but this seems like a modge podge of different <laughs> movies. <laughs> this is bad. Like, it's like they couldn't pick a story. The script was weak only because it was trying to do too many things. Yeah. Well, I, I truly feel like someone like wrote the theater part. Someone wrote the movie within a movie part. Someone wrote the road warriors outside gangster looking people part. <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? Um, and some, and then the the last act is like Terminator. Yes. <laughs> it's like, do we just switch genres? There's your four fucking writers. <laughs> <laughs> you 
100%. Okay, so we have Dario Argento, Dardano Sachetti, Lamberto Bava, and Franco Farini. Which part do you think Argento was a part of? Probably the movie within a movie. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. Mm -hmm. It seemed very like City of the Dead and stuff like yeah. that. Like all those. <laughs> and I don't know anything about those other two, so I can't say. But yeah, four writers, four different genres that just moved right into. So weird. <laughs> Starring Urbano Barberini, Natasha Hovey, Carl Zinni, and Fior Argento the daughter of Dario and Marissa Caselli. Jumping in with our favorite kill. Man, that one made me puke. It's supposed to make you puke. Do you kind of want to just bounce back and forth since like... <laughs> yeah, okay. So, you know, um, my notes are pretty ill-prepared because I had started my notes on my work computer and then knowing that my demise of that company was imminent. I thought I sent myself everything and I didn't, this one didn't make it over. So I had to go and like redo my notes in a quick fast and in a hurry when I realized that we were doing it and I didn't have my notes. So I had a lot more to say originally, but my winner, it's kind of a cheat. I called it demon chopping. The plane? The motorcycle. Oh, the motorcycle. <laughs> the okay, motorcycle <laughs> running through the theater, just whacking them away. It was so good. <laughs> and I just, I loved it. I <laughs> loved it. I you know, there was some writer that was probably cocained out and it's just like, <laughs> what if we had him in a theater with a motorbike and just chopping heads off? <laughs> I'm not even mad at that. It was no. awesome. It made me laugh. Kind of wanted some demon heads after that for my prop. That's my winner. What's your winner? So my notes are crappy too, but that's just because I, ever, I do everything last minute. <laughs> <laughs> I literally watch the movie the night before and just take quick notes. I watch it once and I'm done. <laughs> but um, I would say I have two that I kind of liked. Uh, I did like when they turned the helicopter on and just like slice people's heads off or like faces off. That's pretty cool. But um, I also liked there was the asshole husband that came into the theater and one of the demons came up behind him and just like opened up his throat, basically. Yeah, that was cool. I love the opening kill. I forgot the character's name, but she goes to the bathroom and then starts morphing. Yeah. And I love that because, of course, it's the first time you see what's going to happen to you if you're infected by the demon. And it's so, you get the first glimpse of our special effects, our practical effects. They were so pretty. So her name was Rosemary. Rosemary. But I have her down as Rick James' sister, Super Freaka. <laughs> That's what I kept wanting to call her, Rick James. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it's not just me. No. <laughs> I don't have her in my cast list, so I must not have recognized her. No, we'll get into that, but I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> and opening kill, that is a beautiful, beautiful transformation. The I would say, like, the kills, they weren't, um, I don't know, like, it's where the movie shines, like, with the kind of, like, craziness and the kills and whatnot. But still, like, there's nothing that really sticks out. It's just, like, carnage and just wild, you know? Carnage candy. <laughs> oh, carnage candy. That's Randy, right? Randy, that's right. Okay. 
that maybe could be a new soundbite. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) For effects. Anyway, our special effects in this, the best part about the entire movie, for effects, I give it a 10. They're so amazing. We'll get into that. Do you have any other honorable mention kills? No, I think that's really it. I mean, the only one I really kind of notated was the lover's quarrel where they like wrap the rope around them. Because <laughs> it was just so weird. I was like, this is kind of random for demons, but all right. Fashion moment. So many looks. Yeah, looks. I only had one. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I'm pretty sure she's credited as Usherette. Okay. But, but she's the redheaded girl taking the tickets and she looks like Elf. <laughs> she was dressed so, like elf <laughs> she was so odd because like the, her attitude in the movie made me feel like oh she's in on this but she wasn't <laughs> yeah because after she's taking the ticket she's like staring him down maybe mm-hmm. she was in the original writing and they changed it maybe it's possible because how she's staring or maybe it's just your typical red herring but how she's staring at the people as they're going into the theater after she takes their ticket it really felt like she knew what was going on, and this was she was in on the setup. Italian horror movie character choices are just odd. <laughs> I can agree. Yeah. Um, I had two. The first one was um, she's credited as Carmen. She's one of the ghetto posse, mm-hmm. and she's the more Latina looking one. Mm-hmm. And she has like these earrings that seriously they look like cock rings, like the exact same size and everything. And I'm like, are they coffins? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my God. (laughs) And then there's one of the thug boys, he's credited as Hot Dog. (laughs) He had this sort of like Mad Max look and it was like a vest that shows off all his um, spectacle, spectacles. Pectacles? Yes. And I was like, yeah, it's cute. I like the pectacles. The pectacles. (laughs) A spectacle of pectacles. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's all I had for fashion. I like I said, I've, I kind of dropped the ball on this movie. I had better notes and I lost them. So, uh, my apologies. Best hair. How's my hair? Hurricane proof. Hey, it's all about the hair. Okay. Once again, that ticket attendant. Beautiful, beautiful hair. Yeah, I notated her as a Miss Cerebellum. Do you know who that is? Have you ever seen the Powerpuff Girls cartoon? Yeah, barely, but yeah. So the mayor's like assistant or whatever. Her name is Miss Cerebellum. All you ever see is like the her chin and lower and this big old name of fiery red hair. Oh, I love it. And that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> Beautiful red hair. So curly, so full, so long. I have uh-huh. hair envy of so long. I wish my hair would grow like that. It was so great. So her hair was my favorite. I have an honorable mention, but what's your winner? Um, it was Rosemary with her um, pencil curl. Like, I don't know what kind of style it is because it's not jerry curl. They're mm-hmm. like ringlets, but they're really mm-hmm. like tight and gelled almost. Yeah, they, they looked crunchy. Yeah, and heavy. But I, I just thought it was funny, especially with the bangs. I'm like, it was a look. That was for sure. <laughs> I said that with a lot of our characters they all had a very distinctive look yeah my runner-up a throw a throwaway background character in the beginning when she's riding the subway they flash on a girl with hot pink hair (laughs) and she was my first choice for hair until i saw miss redhead 
Yeah, well, no one could beat Redhead. She's Her hair is amazing. But, yeah, pink-haired girl in the subway was my winner. you have anyone else? Nope, that's it. Right. A lot of the hair was just kind of, like, basic. I liked a lot of the younger people in the movie theater's hair. Just really cute of the time, 80s hair. Yeah, they had great hair. It's just, like, mm -hmm. nothing that really stood out to be like, oh, this is this is a moment, you know? Yeah, exactly. Prop we would like to own. I brought something out from my dream. Where did you get that? I had four. I only had one, so let's hear some of yours. No, no, you go first. I don't want to take it. The only thing that I was like, I kind of wish I had was the uh, the ticket guy, his metal mask. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's very like um, modern Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> of course, I just wrote mask, please. There you go. Gotta have well, the mask. Which one? Was it his or the one that was like hanging on the motorcycle bike? Um, The one that actually has like the full demon face. I think it was his. Okay. I, I took special notice to it later in the mm -hmm. movie, but he was wearing it, so it had to be his. Okay. Right? I'll also take the one on the demon bike. Honestly, it was good. I'll take that if I have to, but his mask was great. It was the first thing I wrote down, but honestly, I think my winner is going to be the metal pool neon sign. Oh, that was cool. It was a great sign. By the way, that was the real name of the place back when this was filmed. Mm. So it's the real name of the theater. And they, they've changed the name. They changed the name after. And that name. Metapool. Was changed from something else. Because the building is. So that was a real theater. Because that place seems freaking huge. It was. It is. We're still up. Still running. Now it's called Goya or something. I think I put it in my facts. It's it's in Berlin. It is beautiful. And so that was its real name. I thought that was very cool. I really like the motorcycle. Yeah, that's nice. Take the motorbike and <laughs> go down the aisles. Go, me, 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 me. <laughs> um, this is kind of a weird prop because no one would really know what exactly it's from, but I would know, and it's just the Coke Coke can. I thought about it because I was like, oh my God, what the fuck are they doing? Like, it's so literal and so genius at the same time. <laughs> with a straw, I'll have it with a straw sticking out of yeah, it. Yeah, because like, they're like, what's that, Coke? And they're going to like, oh, like Coca-Cola. Nope, cocaine, motherfucker. <laughs> they're snorting it through the straw. How much do you have in there? I can't believe I've never seen that in anything else because that is just genius. It's so good. The only reason it didn't win the prop was because it's so generic. It's a Coke can, but it's also a vintage That's Coke can. That's why I didn't add it. <laughs> right? It's a vintage Coke can because this was 1985, so that would be really right. cool anyway because it's old and those Coke cans were cool. So I'm not a druggie. I've never done Coke, but if I have done Coke, I'd either want it from that now or from Sarah Michelle's <laughs> necklace in Cruel Intentions. Yes. <laughs> okay, so have I told you, Mike? <laughs> My Coke story. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. That, this is not me doing Coke, but I'm really good at saying things with a straight face. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the restroom, when I was working at one of my other restaurants once, I still had my apron on. So I took it off and I put it on the counter. And then when I put it back on, I realized I had a straw sticking out of my pocket. 
<laughs> so I'm leaving the bathroom holding a straw. Mm-hmm. And my colleague's like, Summer. <laughs> and I can't say it now with a straight face because it's midnight and I'm tired and I think it's more funny than it is. But I just look at her dead in the eyes. I'm like, well, dollar bills are so unsanitary. And I walk right. away. <laughs> and I, I leave it. her with her mouth just hanging open because <laughs> it was so straight faced when I said it. She didn't know if I was serious or not. She probably to this day thinks you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I am too fat to have a Coke problem. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would be so much thinner if I did. My only experience with it is um, going to a house party when I was younger. Uh, I'm talking like probably 20 years old. So like, you know, cute little gay young thing, you know, going to places and someone comes up with like this mirror with a whole bunch of Coke on it. It's like, hey, do you want some? And I'm like, no, thank you. But that's a really pretty mirror. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cute. Okay, so the restaurant I am at now, and I have two restaurants, but the one I went back to, I went back to my old job at the restaurant I was working at before COVID and there are two private bathrooms, you know, huge, you know, bathrooms that only fit one person in the door locks. And there's one like with a stall that locks. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the private bathrooms one night years ago, and this was when we were open until 3 AM people kept, disappearing from the bar into the bathroom in pairs okay and then coming back out and they were causing a problem not because they kept going to the toilet but just because they were causing a problem they were drunk obviously they were high obviously we knew what they were doing in there because no one uses the toilet that much not even me and i go all the time (laughs) so we knew that what that they were doing something drug related in there we didn't quite know what but I went, so I went in when they were done once and there were lines all over the counter. Oh my gosh. Like all over the counter. I'm like, wow. First of all, you're wasting it. Second of all, you don't even clean up. <laughs> they didn't care. They didn't care. So my scheming ass, because they were annoying us all. And we were trying to find a way to get rid of them. Was the lights to the bathroom were actually in the other room. Okay. Around the corner in the other room. So I killed the lights in both bathrooms. Of those private bathrooms. So then when they went in, it was pitch black. So they couldn't go in there anymore. <laughs> you should have just scared them out. You should have just been like talking to one of your coworkers and be like, man, somebody was doing coke in the bathroom and we had to call the cops. So they're on their way. <laughs> Considering my restaurant has a huge police presence, they come in all the time because they take care of us. So we take care of them. Yeah. I mean, wh- whenever we have a problem, they're like right there. We have them on speed dial and they always take care of us. And yeah, so these people were not regulars. I'd never seen them before, but anyone that is a regular knows better because they see the cops dining in there constantly all the time. Yeah. And this isn't the shame people. Like if that's what you enjoy doing, go ahead and do it. Just don't inconvenience other people to do it. Do it at home. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it's really bad for you, man. I want what's best for you. I want you, most of you, to live a long, full life. So you should just not for your own good. That's all. <laughs> no judging, but you should just not <laughs> really, truly just don't make good choices. <laughs> just say no. Remember that oath you signed in sixth grade? <laughs> the dare? Yes. You know, I I took that I took that to heart clearly. 
because I don't do shit. Great. I do heavy doses of caffeine. <laughs> and I might consume caffeine like it's Coke, like literally. I don't quite snort it, but I do put it, instant coffee under my tongue so it goes straight into my bloodstream, which is a huge drug addict habit. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, someone's got a problem with caffeine. So I treat it like a heavy, hardcore narcotic, but, you know, I pretty much don't do anything that's been illegal in the last hundred years. Well, this has been an interesting tangent. <laughs> yeah, drugs are bad. Of course, I grew up in Bakersfield, so I saw like some really serious addicts and it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a meth problem over here. <laughs> that was growing up there was a say no to drugs campaign, honestly. And I remember my dad would drive me through like Oildale and such mm -hmm. and point people out. And it's like, see that person who looks 60, they're 30. <laughs> Makes me think of like Mole Man from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, he scared, he scared me straight uh, before, like when I was a child, before he had time, before I had time to do anything bad or get in a, a drug addiction, he showed me firsthand what it does to people. No one had any teeth and they're, they're, they were so gaunt and everything was just sort of hanging there because it sucked away all, you know, all the calcium in your bones. So yeah, that's why I, I believe in just say no. <laughs> Okay, then, uh, that's kind of all for my props. Um, but yeah, the Coke, Coke can, <laughs> please, I'm begging you. I want Diet Dr. Pepper, you'd want it even more. Oh, <laughs> uh, but then it loses its charm. Oh, true. Coke. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Epic line. Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit. Because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Clark, darling, I want to hear your lines first. Okay. Uh, my first one's going to be from towards the end of the movie with the kind of degenerate foursome in the stolen car. <laughs> and they're doing their coke. <laughs> and then uh, the one gets pissed off and he's like, I said all it. Why don't you relax, Rip? You had more in your shell ready. Shut up! Unless you want me to break your head. Oh, that's Rambo talking, baby. Oh, yeah, go on, be violent. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, baby pig. This takes concentration. Okay, that's just trying to, like, pick up all the coke. <laughs> you know, my winner, I think it's the same scene. Okay. Which is why I'm interrupting you. No, you're fine. And it's when she has a the coke scattered all over her her chest. Her boobies. Yes. I finished. Oh, looky here, there's snow in the valley. I laughed out loud because I heard the song and then I saw what was going on. Not only was it hilarious of why how he phrased it, but then the song using the phrase white right as he's doing that. And then my other two lines are going to come from the little movie within a movie because <laughs> they're just so stupid and I just love it. And it's very like what you think this movie would be. Hey, stop! Look! There's something written on this. It's an inscription or something. What's it say? 
they will make cemeteries, their cathedrals, and tombs your cities. According to an old legend, Nostradamus was buried here. Nostradamus sounds like a rock group to me. Yeah, top of the pops in 1500. They had rock groups then? Edith. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that conversation happening. I I, that did make me laugh out loud. Yeah, they just have a weird way of talking, especially in these dub movies. It's always like, ha ha ha, da 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 da. (laughs) And then my winner is going to come just a little bit after when he's putting on the devil mask in the movie for the first time. Hey, no bones, just an old book and something wrapped in cloth. Let me see it. Well, what's it say? It's in Latin. I can't figure it out. Yes, I can. Wait a second. It's written by Nostradamus. It's something about demons. Look, bring it with you, but can we go now? No, just a second. It says here that demons are instruments of evil. (sighs) Trick or treat. Don't do that. How do I look? Whoever wears it becomes a demon. How do you know? It says here, whoever wears it becomes a demon and an instrument of evil. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, now you tell me. <laughs> and the instrument of evil part was funny. Yeah, exactly. It made me kind of think of, um, have you ever seen uh, Death Becomes Her? Oh, God. Yeah, I love it. It's like my favorite. <laughs> so it's like whenever she drinks the potion, the lady's like, now a warning. She's like, now? <laughs> I love that movie so much. So good. It's probably one of my first Goldie Hawn experiences. Really? I know I had Deceived first and Foul Play first. Okay. And I think that's it. I saw Death Becomes Her as a new release. Grandma rented it because she loved her some Goldie and some Meryl. So Uh this was her pick and it was in the the cover art had me pulled me in right and that might have been one of my first goldie experiences my first ones were um overboard and wildcats wildcats for me came much later overboard came in my early 20s wildcats came in my early 30s late 30s no those were like under 10 for me yeah (laughs) no wildcats was late 20s early 30s for me and it has the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it shows his penis in it. <laughs> Again, me and those cut versions. What the fuck? I know, right? It shows him and Wesley Snipes, if I'm not mistaken. Just call me Mr. Skin because I feel like if there's like a penis in a movie, I pretty much know about it. <laughs> I got one. I got one. I bet you don't know about. Huh? It's called Dream Lover. Dream Lover. There's a couple of... Let me make sure. There's a couple of movies called Dream Lover. This specific one, this specific Dream Lover had Ben Masters in it. Ben Masters from Passions. Passions. 1986. Dream Lover, 1986. Ben Masters, Christy McNichol, and Paul Sheenar. That is a weird-looking cover. (laughs) I'll have to check it out. You know, it was interesting. It was very interesting. And I only watched it because I love me some Ben Masters. But yeah, they they show penis in that. 
Free the peen. Free the peen. <laughs> is this a, what's this foreign? Was this like British? Yeah. He kind of gives me. Um, what's yep, her it's name? London. Okay, for this picture, it kind of reminds me of like Angela from Sleepaway Camp too. <laughs> Anyhow, Dream Lover, nineteen eighty six. You got peen in there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's it. That's that's all I had for epic lines. Not really a, a line-heavy movie for me. I don't know. The script for me was kind of lackluster. No, it's all generic. Yeah, it was. And honestly, their deliveries weren't great either. But again, half of it was dubbed. So not their fault. Okay, it is time to talk about our actors. But before we do that, we need to take an ad break. Now there's about 20 of them out there. What will we do? Don't worry, we're safe in here. They'll never get in. Why is it that in every zombie story, people always think that their safe haven is invulnerable? I know, it's like, hello, the walkers are totally going to get in. You better get ready for it. <laughs> Diane, get behind me. No, it's not stopping. Do something, Jack. And another thing, how come nobody in a zombie story has ever seen a zombie story? Do you know how much time in human life would be saved if just one person in the group was up on the genre? What do we do? Aim for, for the, the head. head. What? Aim, Aim for, for the, the head. head. You heard them. Aim for the head. Quick, Diane, I think we should try and fix the barricades. I think we should listen to them. Now that's the first good idea they've had all episode. I still don't think they're going to make it. Aim for the Head, a weekly podcast covering the hit AMC programs The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Join hosts Diana and Steve as they recap and discuss the latest episodes. Aim for the Head, available on iTunes. You can also follow them on Facebook. And now for acting. I know every face in here. i got a respect for the unknown actor. All right. I didn't actually write down that many people because they mostly did Italian films I'd never seen before. Okay. So if you want, you can just start with the ones you do know, then I can let you know the ones I know. Perfect. George, played by Urbano Barberini. He was in, apparently, I don't actually recall this, 2006's Casino Royale, and then Opera and The Black Cat. Yeah, I, I've seen opera, uh, so that's what I notated him for. And also for the people who are bad with names, he's the main stud. He's <laughs> yeah, pretty studly. Pretty studly. And I am bad with names on this one. I really am. Uh, let's see here. Natasha Hovey played Cheryl. She only had 18 credits, but I just notated her because she's a lead. Yeah, Did she's you... the main babe. I don't right. have anything for her. Did you know her from anything? No. Um, again, like, of course, Italian actors, there's going to be, yeah. as most of these people did a lot of movies. It's just nothing that we would know. Right. Unless you watch, seek out Italian cinema. Right. Carl Zini, or Zini, unsure, playing Ken. He had 19 credits. A lot of uncredited stuff. He went uncredited as worker in background in opera. So next time you're watching opera, keep an eye out for him. And he was the best friend. Fiore Argento playing Hannah, 16 credits. She was Vera in Phenomena. And mm -hmm. then she went uncredited as the Faraday Clinic receptionist in Trauma. 
And I labeled her a scaredy girlfriend. Viola <laughs> Cozo playing Kathy. Five credits. Didn't know her. Didn't have any for her. And she was the best girlfriend. I loved her. I think, is it pronounced Paola? Maybe. Paola? Mm-hmm. Either way. I'm also bad with names. It's pronouncing them, at least. As we all know. Ingrid the Usherette. Pretty sure that's my redhead. Was there yes. anyone else that could be considered an usherette? No, that was her. Okay. Nicoletta Elini. She was Olga in Deep Red. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that, but I have to go watch it now. I have to watch out for her. Um, I also have her in Bay of Blood. This is another movie I saw a long time ago. I have not seen that one. Did you like it or no? No. <laughs> okay. So, Tony. I have a pimp. <laughs> pimp. Every time I looked at him, I thought that looks like and sounds like Ken. Yes. Um, played by Bobby Rhodes. He was quite accomplished. A lot of these other people didn't do many things on the screen, at least. He had a lot, a lot of credits. He was Hank in Demons 2. That's weird. Right? And he is credited as underwater stunts in Leviathan. I thought that was cool. That is very cool because he did, did not he did not have any other stunt credits. So that was neat. He had 57 acting credits, but they were all what looked like Italian movies. So was not familiar. Mm -hmm. Bettina. Hmm. How do I say this name? I don't think I even like notated her down. <laughs> she as the blonde druggie. What was mm -hmm. my epic line? <laughs> the one who showed nip to you. Yes. <laughs> uh, she only had three credits, but I notated her because she's part of my epic lines. See, I think that's why I didn't notate her because she didn't really do much. And I yeah. haven't seen any of it. She also had, but she still had a picture on IMDb. That's Good how I knew her. it was. Some of these don't. So, man in black slash Jerry, the man in the mask. Uh-huh. He's probably the most accomplished out of all of them, it seems so, like. So accomplished. A lot of directing. His name is, was that, would I pronounce this Michelle? Michelle? I, I guess Michelle, which is like their version of Michael, isn't it? Yeah. So, Michelle, uh, wow. Suave? Suave? Suave. Okay, we'll go with that. Suave. I don't know. Sorry, Michelle. He directed The Church from 1989, which I really liked. He directed Stage Fright in 1987, which I really, really, really liked, of course. My, yeah, Stage Fright's good. My theater love and heart adored that one. He had uh, uncredited acting credits in opera, Stage Fright, Tenabre, and then The Church again. And, of course, he's credited as acting in Phenomena. And then I have uh, Cemetery Man, if you've ever seen that one. I have not. Okay. Um, a Blade in the Dark. Mm -mm. And then City of the Living Dead. Last but not least, I got the director cameo. Lamberto. Excuse me. The director cameo. Lamberto Bava. He is credited as a first man exiting Subway. So if you watch the movie, that's our guy. Okay. And the other other people I have is uh, Fabiola Toledo, who was Carmen, a part of the three people posse that were disruptive in the theater, mm -hmm. <laughs> because she's in um, A Blade in the Dark, which is another Lambert or Baba movie. And then I have Ripper, who's like the the guys in the car. He's the the leader, the one who's driving. Okay, I like uh, him. I think you say his name, Lino Salome. And I haven't noticed it because he's in Passions of the Christ. That's kind of so random, right? That's pretty random. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. Cinematography. I've, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. I don't have a whole lot. I really liked what was the stuff that was done in the theater. The theater segments were my favorite. So they yes. were really cool. Kind of reminded me a little bit of, at least in how it was shot, popcorn. Okay. When they're watching the movies or they're watching the people watch the movies as chaos is happening, both behind the screen, physically behind the screen and around the theater. But I really loved the the movie theater and all that, how all that was shot. Kind of lost me after the movie theater when it turned into Terminator. Didn't really <laughs> care for that a whole lot. But Oh, and I really enjoyed our opening subway scene because as someone that rides the subway, the disturbed look she's has, the longer her ride gets as she's seeing all these characters. Uh-huh. First time riders of the train, I see that shock and awe constantly you know i i noted though like how empty the train station was when she was running away from him and i was like it would never be like that it was just her basically and him i'm like yeah right this huge station is just be you guys mm -hmm. <laughs> um i don't know i had a couple uh things on here um i i said i felt like it was like shot more like it was in the 70s like how they would film something than the 80s but with 80s equipment yeah I can see that you're kind of right because yeah yeah um i did notice that like whenever they got off the train and it was the two girlfriends and they were just walking around town that people kept staring so i feel like some of this might have been like gorilla <laughs> like basically like people just happened to be there and they weren't yeah. told it was a movie or anything either that or it was a director choice to make mm. it look odd off kilter i remember when we did Inferno, I think it was, Jamie mentioned how the background characters, they're, they're not stones, they're not statues, they're real people, but okay. they're frozen in weird positions. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Like one of them has like maybe her foot slightly off the ground, right? And they won't be moving, but everyone else around them will be. Right. And gives it a weird look. That was the feeling, the same feeling I got in that scene. Okay. I got more just people passing by like, what's going on? <laughs> Very well could have been. Um, but the only thing that I, I really notated with the cinematography is like the shots that really um, spoke to me was whenever it was a group of demons and their eyes would be glowing mm -hmm. like all as they were coming towards you, like coming up from like a hill or something, you know? Yeah. Those are the only shots I was like, oh, wow, really cool. But everything else just felt kind of like generic random. I, I loved our cinematography and our mass kills. Okay. Not when you're killing one, but when you're killing a group of them, those were shot really interesting. For me, I like the cinematography in our final scene as well when they get rescued by the guy and the girl and the kid. That was his family, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, you see her start to change and then she turns around looking like Angela from Night of the Demons and shit. That was a twist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then they shoot her uh -huh. and then... Yeah, I I liked that her her reveal. It was awesome. Do you want to go into effects then, since that kind of works with it? Yeah, I'm done with cinematography. You? Uh yeah. Ooh, one more thing. Uh huh. One more thing before we hit effects. Our cinematographer on this one, whose name I can't pronounce, 
I can only pronounce the last name Battaglia because I had someone who had that last name, but this first name, Gianno Lorenzo, maybe something like that. He also did Demons 2, Delirium, and credited as our underwater sequences in Inferno. And if I remember correctly, I really loved those sequences. It was part of my, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Good. Special effects. Doesn't matter what happened. What matters is what looks like what happened. And what looks like what happened is pretty nasty. One reason I wanted to talk about effects now is because you're talking about her looking like Angela. And I said, to me, the effects reminded me of uh, Night of the Demons and then also Ghoulies. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Now, these effects are gross. And oh, there's so many pus bombs and like ew. green gax slime. It really, it did remind me of the curse that, again, just talked about with Tori and those effects. Did you ever watch that movie? Which one? The Curse with Will Wheaton. Uh, I don't, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, it was like a family and it was like vegetation and then becoming weird stuff because of a comet or something, right? Yeah. Like, like the mom started going like crazy, mm -hmm. ugly, and okay, yeah, I've seen it a long time ago. And they start decomposing from the inside out, and they get like little pus balls eventually. And but they're like super religious or something, right? Yeah, dad is really super duper religious, and mom really doesn't care. And they think it's a meteor, then they think it's space waste from a plane, mm -hmm. and it seeps into their water system and then they but was there like it. was there fruit like nasty when they would peel it or like when they would like cut it open there was a scene where they cut open apples and they were rotten and in the inside looked perfect on the outside so yeah i've seen yeah, it yeah that showed you what was happening to their bodies on the inside based on the fruit also there were scenes with livestock chickens like that too they were just really gross and just decomposing on the inside and then it started to show on the outside. It was gnarly. The effects of that movie were like top notch. And I will say the same about this. It felt so gross and oozy. And it really reminded <laughs> me of that. And that came after this. But it was also Italian, by the way. Was it? Yeah. Are you surprised I've seen it? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Anyone else? Yes. You? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. One of my favorite effects from this movie was um, when one of the people returning to demons, her teeth were falling out so the things could grow in. It was just so disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> Big joke. Yes. That's one of my main notes. Um, what did I write? It, the teeth coming out, the blood dripping from the teeth. Mm -hmm. And then they show you the new teeth growing in. So gross. Oh. I think there's people with like legit fears about that. So <laughs> good luck. You know, it happens to all of us. We lose our baby teeth and the new ones grow in. So that's kind of traumatizing if you think about it. Have you ever had one of those dreams though, where like your teeth are all falling out together? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Nothing was growing in, in their place, though. I Okay, so it was within the last year, and I remember it this vividly, clearly. I 
had a dream that my teeth just started falling out like a lot of them uh, like i would talk and two more would pop out ew. with the with my breath they just fall out of the front you might want to ask elena but i think it has something to do with like symbolic and uh fear of changes i mean fact yeah <laughs> i did i think i did tell her that dream maybe okay and i mean i know why i had that dream so whenever i get my teeth whitened or whiten them my teeth are extremely sensitive afterwards like painfully sensitive to air to everything even they'll just be sitting here just throbbing they won't in they will not even be exposed to air or anything they'll just my whole head will throb because my teeth hurt so bad that's the price i pay for white teeth okay <laughs> so i had just had my teeth whitened so they hurt so bad <laughs> so i mean that's why I had that dream probably because they were just in so much pain <laughs> but yeah i don't know i've gotten really lucky with my teeth because i'll just be straight up honest i hate the dentist and i think i had a 20 year period where i did not go and then i wouldn't expecting like mouthfuls of problems i was like oh they're gonna tell me i have all these cavities and i have to do this this and this and they went in there and i just got a deep cleaning and they're just like no cavities blah 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 everything's good i'm like they're like, keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> I guess some people are just lucky. Yeah, bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I have is tooth problems. When I signed up for new insurance, I don't care about the medical. I never go to the doctor. That's basically just in case I have an emergency and I'm forced to go to the doctor. I care about dental. Because mm -hmm. every year, it's like... Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana here. It's always something. Yeah. Every damn year. Every damn year. It's always something. Recently, I broke my crown. It just came off. I didn't even break it. It just fell off. It just started. I'm talking to my customer and it just floated off. And I'm like, the fuck is that? I thought these things were supposed to be semi-permanent. <laughs> and I yeah, still I haven't been able to get it fixed. It hurt for a week intensely. And then eventually it stopped hurting, but I had no insurance and they wanted $3,000. Ish. Upfront. Yeah, so. I just go once a year now for the cleaning and that's about it. And I've never had a dental issue in my life. <laughs> Man, lucky. So many dental issues and dental trauma here. Especially, I have crown trauma. I've had so many issues with this crown. And that was two years ago. And it's, apparently I'm still having issues because it just came off. Oh, I guess I lied though, because apparently I have a underbite okay but it's like weird because my teeth sit perfectly on top of each other mm -hmm. and i can't put my upper teeth over my bottom teeth okay yeah so yeah. that's why they say I have a, even though it's like perfectly bit down mm -hmm. it's still considered an underbite because i can't put my top ones over hmm. and they're like oh we could like do this 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 and i'm like it's not necessary it doesn't bother me <laughs> as long as you're not having any pain headaches or anything like that Mm -mm. I would think that it's fine. Crowns, the fillings, the cavities, things falling off, things breaking off. Teeth are teeth are a thing for me. So that scene did get me. Yes. <laughs> is my point. I also really loved it. It's around the same time as that. Bloody fingernails. Okay, that's always a good one. Uh, I have more. I'm more. I'm also. I'm more squeamish with fingernail torture. 
Yeah, like when they're breaking off when someone's like holding on to something. That's yes! Ah, or they're being ripped off. I mean, anything having to do with fingernails coming off of your body icks me out. And so all this blood is coming from the nails. And I'm like, ooh, boy. Gross, 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 gross. Another highlight of the um, effects was when Kathy was like arching her back and the monster was growing out of it. Do you remember that part? No. I think. I don't remember if they like hit her or something. And all of a sudden she's like arching, like she knows what she's doing. And, like a little tiny monster grows out of her back. <laughs> that monster looked like a ghoulie. It did. Then I do. Okay. Then I do. It was the ghoulie looking monster. It looked like fish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, those are all the specifics I had. This movie had the most gnarly, amazing practical effects. This movie, when it comes down to our final movie rating, gets two extra points for effects. That's how good they were. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of watching these kind of movies. It's just to see the, the zaniness of what they created with that. And they created magic. It was great. Music. Music is my life. <laughs> Claudio Simonetti from Goblin composed this. He also, and I know we've talked about him before because he also did both Argento installments in Masters of Horror, which was one was called Jennifer. It had Steven Weber in it. And one I remember that one. Yeah. She was a succubus. Yeah. She, speaking of teeth. With a dog face. <laughs> Ugh, gross. And then the other one was called Pelts. He also worked on opera Tenabre, uh, Dawn of the Dead from 78, Suspiria, of course, Phenomena. Pieces, Deep Red, and Mother of Tears. This movie, for once, though, it featured mainstream songs. It did. I heard, like, Billy Idol in there, even. Right! It was so cool. So, Walking on the Edge was Rick Springfield. Save Our Souls was Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. White Wedding was Billy Idol. And then Night Danger, Pretty Maids. And We Close Our Eyes by Go West. As, and some other songs as well. Those were just the ones I, those were just the ones I knew. Yeah, it was really weird because it was like, um, you know how people always say like Nightmare on Elm Street Four is the MTV nightmare. I felt like this was like very MTV in like the sense of like the music. I completely agree. Especially in foreign films, you don't really hear mainstream songs, which is very mm -hmm. cool. Um, oh God, but I don't have a whole lot on the compositions, except I definitely heard hints of Suspiria in it in some parts and hints of Deep Red in some parts. But I also heard, so especially in the last act of the movie, the action part of it, mm -hmm. when there's like this heartbeat of a theme running through the whole background of it. It kind of reminded me of Dead End Driving a little bit. Okay. You know what? The, I didn't know that um, the composer was also from Goblin. Yeah. Makes so much sense now. Because a lot of, like, say, the background music, when it's, like, a like an intense moment, it's very um, – it adds to the pandemonium, basically. Mm -hmm. And they're very good at that. Like, it's kind of, like, almost, like, overwhelming in your senses. But um, I did notate that the opening um, 
orchestra was kind of like 80s haunted house club kid and i liked it <laughs> i loved it i was there for it it was the best aging Stand the test of time. well it's the 80s everything about it screams the 80s oh man hair fashion coke out of a coke can <laughs> <laughs> That Coke can <laughs> specifically uh, is the 80s. It's so 80s. No um, technology in sight. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of all I have. Is I mean, these foreign films, they are pretty unique. So in mm -hmm. that aspect, I do think they age well because this isn't the world that we in America live in. Right. Everything, they look different. The films look different over there. So it's different than if you were watching an American movie from 85 now. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes like, um, especially with American films, you can pinpoint the exact year really close to, and this one you can't, you're like, well, this, when was this? It wasn't for some of the songs. I wouldn't have no idea if this was like 81 or 87 or <laughs> 78. 78. Exactly. It really feels like the 70s. It with does. The, with the exception of the music, it really, really felt for me like the 70s. Except for like the whole rock and roll vibe style. That was more, I think, more the 80s. Yeah. But yeah, everything about like the, just the way it was shot and the vibes of it feels 70s. Twist. I thought she was dead. She looked dead, man. Still does. I got a good one to you. Um probably the same one go for it uh the man in the mask is actually the actor in the movie who got possessed you know i wondered about that mm -hmm. he's credited he's, as both people he was but i couldn't remember who jerry was but i um he whenever, was hot <laughs> he was good looking he was but very whenever, good looking <laughs> it, it clicked to me whenever they uh got up from the helicopter on top of the roof and i saw mm -hmm. his face in the mask i was like oh wait that's that's the dude that was in the movie <gasps> What's going, what the fuck's going on here? These movies make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only, uh, only other twist that I have is that it's all happening outside as well and not just contained in the theater. Right? Mm -hmm. How far is this demon virus spread? Yeah, those people seem like with the guns that they lived more on the countryside, so it seemed pretty far. <laughs> and they were trying to go far. Because they're like, maybe they're safe over there. They've seen a lot of shit. How long has this been happening? And where does it go? Where did it start? Maybe there was multiple theaters showing the same movie. That could be it. Mm -hmm. Multiple masks? Maybe. Mm -hmm. And final twist. She suddenly turns into Mrs. Demon over there. And they killed her. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly when she got hurt or... But it was a shock to me. All of a sudden, she turns and she's looking like ugly Betty. <laughs> like I said, Angela. Uh huh. And I really loved the effect. You know, you just see her demon self start to form. Was it from her neck? Like the back of her neck start to get all pussy? I think so. It was so gross. And it's like, uh oh. They're so zombies. These are not demons. These are zombies. I stand by that. <laughs> Do you ever, did you notice like in this movie though, uh, whoever directed it loves a hysterical woman? <laughs> I have a note on that. You do? I think it's Cheryl. Cheryl's annoying uh, 
annoying hysterics made me wish that she would just die. <laughs> Pissing me off. Yeah, this is very much in the line of like, we want Macho Man Saves the Day and Damsels in Distress. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were not trying to go for a final girl in this one, and they didn't. Nope. <laughs> final guy all the way. Pacing. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? I thought the pacing was fine. I mean, there's so much hodgepodge in this. Like, you don't even know its head and tails. You're like, what the fuck's going on? Like I said earlier. <laughs> it really kicked off. It started off slow. First 10 minutes, it was like, okay, all, expedi all exposition. And then once you take off with our first possession, it's on. And it, it does not slow down, which is great. Mm -hmm. And it's only an hour and a half. It's not a long movie. And you get pretty much three movies to four movies in it. So <laughs> oh my God. you do. If you don't like one genre, it's okay. Stick around. It'll change. I think my biggest gripe with it is like, why is a blind man going to the theater? Like, I'd be so mad if like I kept hearing like, what's happening now? What's going on? <laughs> I wondered that too. Mm-hmm. Scary. Well, absolutely frightening. <laughs> mm -mm. No, I mean, it's, it, this is more of like almost like camp. It's just like so absurd that it's not scary at all. <laughs> it might have been scarier if they had stuck to the one genre. Possibly. But because it kept like losing its train of thought, kind of like me, it made no sense. And therefore, it was not scary because we were just like, what the fuck's happening now? It's cuckoo bananas. Um, well, I think it also didn't help that the demons sometimes were like, ghoulies, like ghoulies. Exactly. But again, if you're squeamish with oozy gore, that, that might frighten you a little bit. It definitely icked me out and made me look away. So for that, I'll give it scary because it was like, <laughs> All right. The moment we've all been waiting for story. Tell us the story. What story? Yours. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Which one? <laughs> yeah. It was crazy town i do not understand what was what was going on the only thing that kept me on board was the gore yeah but i'll admit like i would have watched the movie within a movie like it seems yeah. so generic but it looked interesting and i still would have watched it it's exactly our type of movie exactly and i love theaters i think they're spooky so i'm good for that but then when it theaters. came to, and this was it, a very old building it is a very old building very old theater so it's pretty cool right um but then it came like super action at the end and like i could be down for those movies like i like the resident evil movies they're stupid fun but i wasn't prepared for it to turn to that so i was just kind of like meh on those parts overall movie rating okay um you know i don't love it and i do not hate it i'm going right down the middle with a five Okay, I can see that. Yeah. That could change either way the more views I do of this movie. Um, I think I'm going to go a little higher than you, actually, which is weird. because It is weird. I know. Um, I think for the fact that this is, like, a good background movie, one you don't have to, like, super pay attention to, and you're not going to be, like, 
well, what did I miss? Because it's all cuckoo bananas anyways. Um, I'm going to go as mm, almost a six. I'm going to go like five and three fourths and a can of Coke. Cane. <laughs> it's like bordering on a six. It's like almost right there. Yeah. So close. So close. Good times. Good times. Fun facts. That's the fact, Jack. That's the fact, Jack. Fun fact. I did my homework five minutes ago. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Basically, I did my homework five hours ago. So this is the least prepared I've gone into most, almost any of our episodes. But hey, we got a full episode out of it. So what happens when you get some pros? Man, <laughs> thank God work was slow tonight because I am sitting at work for two hours with nothing to do, just furiously writing my notes <laughs> <laughs> off of memory. Okay. Now, I don't have too many, but I have a few, okay? So, first of all, apparently the scene where the cocaine is dropped inside the car, where the characters are picking it back up, has been a huge subject of controversy, which led to the scene being censored almost all over the world, according to the internet. So maybe that's why my version, whatever version I watched, was on Pluto, had less booby less graphicness yes less nip <laughs> or no nip I, I was scared because he was running that blade up again like against him he was gonna nick it off <laughs> <laughs> to start squaring out blood Ugh. oh that would be cool <laughs> it would be great if she became a demon and that's the first thing you saw like where it started Oh my gosh, right? Her just squeezing her boob and blood is squirting out like a, like a water gun. <laughs> Ew, and then it becomes all pussy and nasty. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> the building that serves for the exterior shots of the cinema is, of course, like I said, Metropole. It was, in fact, the club Metropole at the time of shooting. And the same title, as well as the title that is the logo on the building, were not designed for the movie. It was the actual design for the club. So it wasn't just the name. It was the logo. Everything was fact at the time. In the lobby at the theater, there is a poster of Argento's 1972 film, Four Flies on Gray Velvet. The name of the cinema, Metropole, can also be seen, apparently, as a building in the first Silent Hill video game. I am not a gamer. I've never played. Have you played? No, I've seen no. the movies, but I've never played the games. Right, me neither. Okay, this is really weird. In Germany, this one was released as a sequel to the second film, which was released as the first part. The second one's weird, too, because it's like they're watching a movie, and then all of a sudden like they get possessed really super simple. I'm going to have to watch the second one with the mindset that that's the first one. Okay. And then I'm going to revisit this one and see sure. if something changes. Since apparently that's what it was supposed to be. I don't understand that. But, hey, Italy, okay? <laughs> if you want to go to the Metropole, it is, as I said, in Berlin. It is formerly called the Neves. And the club is now called Goya. And P.S. This club has also hosted horror cons. Nice. I want to go. Hell yeah. That would be an amazing con to attend. Okay. Time for shout outs. 
We must shout out Patreons, John, Alex, Mike, and Bill. And there was much rejoicing. Of course, we love you guys. You're the bestest. Next, of course, David O'Hanlon, resident author. What's that book about? Oh, this is something special. Finally getting back on that novel train after our last derailment. But don't worry, David. The train is going to stay on the track. I promise this time. Poor guy. What is this, like his fourth draft? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Probably third. No, I can think of this being the fourth. He didn't start this with Tori. No, but he started with Henry. And then you got rid of Jesse. And then you got rid of Jamie. <laughs> so this is going to be the fourth edition. <laughs> the Jesse thing kind of aligned with the Henry thing, though. Oh, okay. It wasn't too Honestly, far after. It wasn't. It was months after, but he hadn't really done too much work on it since then in those months. So those two kind of came around the same time. And then Jamie jumping ship. So this is possibly his fourth, but probably probably closer to third. I anyway. want someone to make like a little tune of you like kicking people like this is Sparta <laughs> off your podcast. To be fair, I didn't kick anyone off the podcast. They left on their own. True. <laughs> the problem took care of itself. Yes. And that's a doll's exclusive. Gotta love the juice. Man, spilling some tea. <laughs> and so what happens no when you get a gang it. on here? You just start opening up about all the bullshit. Man, you know what? Almost everybody I've had on uh -huh. since half of the people I had on have been gay. Yep. <laughs> Love my gays! <laughs> okay. Um, last but not least, darling Clark, the shout out goes to you. Oh, thank you. What a great artist you are. And I mean that always in awe of your talent always and uh this newest logo blown away i'm glad i get to grow with you it's always nice from the beginning you were my very first digital piece <laughs> very first ever ever because oh. when we first started talking about me doing for your logo with um after tori left mm -hmm. Um, I was actually starting by hand and then my husband got me my tablet and I was just like, Hey, give me like a month extra. Let me learn this. Yeah. So you're my first. That's so exciting. The first logo was really cute too. It's really, yeah. really good. But looking back, you can see the growth. Oh, oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, and honestly, cause we had so much more experience with you than just logos, mm -hmm. weekly title cards. So you saw, we saw, I saw at least, the growth in the cards and the testing out of different styles. So, mm -hmm. many, so much variety in all that year's worth of cards, honestly. Yeah, you so, were my test subjects. <laughs> yeah. Guinea pigs over here, man. I'm a guinea pig for everyone. I'm a guinea pig for Elena. I'm a guinea pig for you. And I'm happy to be a guinea pig. <laughs> Going to call you squeaky. <laughs> so, Clark. Yes, I'm got any projects you can talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't have anything that I'm working on that's top secret. I, I mean, I did some pieces for something that 
hopefully one day we'll see the light of day because I love them so much. But if it does, it's going to be like five years from now, probably. And that makes me a little sad. Wow, really? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, yeah, sometimes some people's projects take forever to get off and go in. True. So I'm hoping one day I'll be able to show those because they're really fun. I did like five pieces for it. I am, I'm assuming if they continue the project, I'll get to do more. Right. But besides that, I've just been trying to keep my promises to people and do some of the things that I needed to do. Some commissions. Dolls of Horror logo. Yes, I finally got it done. Um, and then I'm going to start trying to work on the female Scream variant calendar where it's like sexified versions of the girls <laughs> that'll be fun so excited for that yeah because our girls are so beautiful oh, so. i know there's so many of them too so it's hard <laughs> so many of them um i've got to get something out there for my straight guy audience you know <laughs> you do i mean and honestly I love looking at those scream girls as a straight woman. Mm -hmm. I think they're beautiful and they're very pretty to look at. So I do not, I do not mind that at all. Yeah. So I'm hoping like um, towards the end of February, I'll, I think I'm going to do it differently. Last time I pretty much like did blind, like didn't let anybody know. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm dropping this calendar and here's the 12 pictures. You know, mm -hmm. I think I'm going to start releasing them as I do them. And possibly do more than would fit in a calendar and let people kind of like pick which one should go in there. You know what I mean? That way I won't feel guilty for not including somebody because if nobody votes for this person, then why would I put them in there, you know? There's also always next year. Yeah. I, the year after. Yeah, but I try to kind of do different properties. Like I'm going to also try to do a Nightmare Boys one this year mm -hmm. if I have time. Um and so, like, if it, the following year, I'd like to do, like, say, like, Nightmare Girls or maybe even just, like, horror icons. Who knows? Like the Killers? Yeah. That would be great. Mm hmm That would be really great. Ooh, we'll I like see. it. Yeah. <laughs> horror also, hostesses and Summer will be in it. <laughs> better. <laughs> yeah. Still need – now we need to make a doll of horror calendar. I know, right? Like, your original conception. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. it'd be easier now, too, if it's just you. Well, I'm glad I didn't do it then, though, because I wouldn't have done justice compared to what I could do now. Well, right. It was also back then. It was when we were like Uber cartoons, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to now, it's a more realistic, um, like comic like, kind of, yeah, yeah, a more realistic likeness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Also, of course, as always, we must say that you have work in the Fred Heads documentary as well. Yeah, it's available to watch free on Tubi. Yep, or for purchase on DVD, which I did. Yeah. On Amazon, I believe. You could probably get it other places, but I bought mine on Amazon. And I'm kicking myself because when I saw you in LA, mm -hmm. I forgot to bring it. I was going to have you sign it for me. I'm sure you'll see me again. I better. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so next time I see you, remind me, don't forget your Fred Heads DVD sleeve. We got to sign that. Okay. So let's give a preview. Um, off the top of your head, what are some movies you might like to cover in the next year with me? I've been trying to get you to do Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 for a year and a half now. <laughs> Just a year? Because it was January. I guess. <laughs> it was January. We're recording in January. Well, you that went a whole year without one, so it's been two years. Then. Since are you sure? 
Because you didn't do it last year. You January. are right. Did not mm -hmm. because you were still doing our custom cards. Mm -hmm. That was that was the last of the custom title cards. Mm -hmm. Was that was so? It's been almost two years since you've done a nightmare. Movie. You are so right, man. We're, I lost a whole year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've been trying to get you to do Final Destination for a while. Ooh, that's a good one. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. Be fun. Let's do that after Valentine. Let's tackle Final Destination. Sounds good. Yeah. So okay. So we'll have Clark coming up for Valentine's Day for Valentine, of course. And then shortly after that, Clark will be joining for Final Destination. Yeah. And at that point, yeah. you can see if you want to continue with them all or just do the one. <laughs> oh, I definitely need to continue. Mm -hmm. I like, I like, I like them all except Part Four. I, even the worst one, I can still watch. I mean, they're popcorn movies. I don't, I didn't like Part Four. I guess I'm not really a, a racing fan. So I think that concept of being an event didn't really resonate re with you yeah resonate with me at all but all the other events were super scary and amazing and beautifully done and i really love what they did with part five yes that was so cool i was like what no way <laughs> was it five or is there only five it was five Okay. Um, it didn't have a number on it, but it was called the final destination. Because there's the airplane, there's the That's freeway, the there's the roller coaster. Roller coaster. NASCAR is four. NASCAR is four. And, and the, then there's the bridge. The bridge is five. Okay. Okay. That's one with the gymnastic kill, right? And the Lasix eye. Oh, yeah. Gross. Hello, right? <laughs> Yeah. I think, that, I think that's Adam Sandler's wife. Really? I'm pretty sure. It's been many years since I've seen it, so I don't even know. Okay. That ending. Whoa. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. Not even. Oh, my God. Not even a little bit. Did they Did they really throw that twist at you? I was like, dude. Yeah, that would be a fun one for you to cover. Man, I'm like, no way. I was <laughs> mind blown. I was only half, admittedly, I was only half watching the movie. As you do. As I do. And when I saw that, I was like, wait, what, 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 what? <laughs> no, what? I said, what, what in the butt? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had to rewind that last 10 minutes and watch it again. Yeah. I was that, I was that shook. So. Anyway, yes, Final Destination after Valentine will be your next one. Sweet. So excited. Yay. Okay. Well, Clark, I mean, I'm done. Are you done? Oh, I've been done. Okay. <laughs> it's late. It's late. I thank you. It's, what, 2 a.m. for me right now? Yeah. Which means it's midnight for you. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you so much for joining me so late. I really appreciate it. Anytime, doll. All right. Okay. So with that, I'm Summer. And this is Clark. And you've been listening to the Dolls of Horror. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This has been a presentation of the Dolls of Horror. New episodes are uploaded every week. If you'd like to say hello to the dolls or offer any movie suggestions, you're welcome to at thedollsofhorror at yahoo.com. Your suggestion just might be featured in an upcoming episode. You can also support the dolls by following them. 
both on Instagram and Facebook at The Dolls of Horror. For bonus content, follow them on the platform formerly known as Twitter at Dolls of Horror. If you really like what you hear and would like to become a benefactor, please follow the link in the description or visit patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more info. All donations are invested into the podcast, allowing the dolls to continue to bring you better and better content. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Written, oh my gosh, there are four writers credited on this. Maybe that's why. I mean, I was going to get to that with like when you talk about like story or whatever, but this seems like a modge podge of different <laughs> movies. <laughs> this is bad. Like, it's like they couldn't pick a story. The script was weak only because it was trying to do too many things. Yeah, well, I, I truly feel like someone like wrote the theater part. Someone wrote the movie within a movie part. Someone wrote the road warriors outside gangster looking people part. So, and then the the last act is like Terminator. Yes. <laughs> I was like, do we just switch genres? There's your four fucking writers. <laughs> But my winner, it's kind of a cheat. I call it demon chopping. The plane? The motorcycle. Oh, the motorcycle. <laughs> the okay, motorcycle okay. running through the theater, just whacking them away. It was so good. <laughs> and I just, I loved it. I <laughs> loved it. I you know, there was some writer that was probably cocained out and it's just like, <laughs> what if we had him in a theater with a motorbike and just chopping heads off <laughs> i'm not even mad at that it was no. awesome it made me laugh kind of wanted some demon heads after that for my prop fashion moment i only had one okay go ahead i'm pretty sure she's credited as usherette Okay. But she's the redheaded girl taking the tickets and she looks like Elf. <laughs> she <laughs> she's was dressed so, like Elf. She was. Um, I had two. The first one was um, she's credited as Carmen. She's one of the ghetto posse. Mm-hmm. She's the more Latina looking one. Mm-hmm. And she has like these earrings that seriously, they look like cock rings. Like the exact same size and everything. And I'm like, are they cock rings? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Oh my god. You're like, yeah, these look fine. Just put I them know, on. Right? <laughs> and then there's a uh, one of the Thug boys, he's credited as hot dog. He had this sort of like Mad Max look and it was like a vest that shows off all his um spectacle pet spectacles. Pectacles? Yes. And I was like, Yeah, that's cute. I like the pectacles. The pectacles. <laughs> a spectacle of pectacles. You done. I really like the motorcycle. Yeah, that's nice. Take the motorbike and <laughs> go down the Um, This is kind of a weird prop because no one would really know what exactly it's from, but I would know, and it's just the Coca Coke can. 
I thought about it because I was like, oh my god, what the fuck are they doing? Like, it's so literal and so genius at the same time. <laughs> with the straw, I'll have it with the straw sticking out of yeah, it. Yeah, because like, they're like, what's that, Coke? And they're gonna like, oh, like Coca-Cola. Nope, cocaine, motherfucker. <laughs> they're snorting it through the straw. How much do you have in there? I can't believe I've never seen that in anything else because that is just genius. <laughs> so good. So I'm not a druggie. I've never done Coke. But if I have done coke, I'd either want it from that now or from Sarah Michigan's necklace and cool intentions. Yes. <laughs> okay, so have I told you my <laughs> my coke story? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Anyway, Clark, welcome back. You are going to be back time and time again as a regular guest doll because you're so important to the podcast and to me. Heck yeah. And you have finished my new logo. Yay. <laughs> and I'm in love. Yeah, I'm sorry it took so long. Um, I got started on it, but then, of course, it changes. <laughs> Changes were made. <laughs> Everything changed. This is the last time, though. <laughs> Promise. Well, I don't see how you could get rid of yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I quit. <laughs> I'm having too much fun alone now. This is this is great. This is the best. I actually well, feel free. I don't have to deal with anyone's petty bullshit, feelings, drama. I'm glad I could be, um, well, had been one of your confidants that you spoke to beforehand when you were figuring out what you're going to do. Yeah. And it was my advice was just like, do it yourself. Like it's going to be so much better. <laughs> You've been telling me to do it myself for quite a while. Yeah. Like months. If and not, now, if not even like a year, like you've been advising that, that this <laughs> should be the direction for a long time. Right. And then the cool thing is like, unless you tell people specifically like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. You could kind of just like wing it like, hey, I'm going to do this episode when this person's available, this one when this person's available. And just as they come, as they're going, so much better for you. It is so much better. Back on that novel train after our last derailment. But don't worry, David, the train is going to stay on the track. I promise this time. Poor guy. What is this, like his fourth draft? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Probably third. No, I can think of this being the fourth. He didn't start this with Tori. No, but he started with Henry. And then you got rid of Jesse. And then you got rid of Jamie. <laughs> so this is going to be the fourth edition. <laughs> the Jesse thing kind of aligned with the Henry thing, though. Oh, okay. It wasn't too Honestly. far after. It wasn't. It was months after, but he hadn't really done too much work on it since then in those months. So those two kind of came around the same time and then Jamie jumping ship. So this is possibly his fourth, but probably, probably closer to third. I anyway. want someone to make like a little tune of you, like kicking people like this is Sparta <laughs> off your podcast. 
to be fair, I didn't kick anyone off the podcast. They left on their own. True. <laughs> the problem took care of itself. Yes. That that is the fact. When I broke the news to Jesse that no one likes him, <gasps> I I know uh, he quit on his own, and Jamie quit on her own. So I didn't fire anyone. Some people just can't handle criticism. They just didn't like being treated how they deserved. And they left. So, I tell Summer every time. I was like, hey, if you get a lot of feedback that people don't like me, I don't have to be on. I'll still support you. <laughs> I've never gotten negative feedback from you at all. And they better not. <laughs> you nor Tori. Good. And the Jamie feedback, it came more in, in the criticism of Jamie came of well, that, came from just... her in-person reactions. Everyone told me how phony she was, including celebrities. Oh, you want to go in? <laughs> oh, I will go in. It is on. No, but less on the show. On the show, no one could tell how phony she was. Some people could, and they told me so. In person, I mean, the more and more feedback I got, it became quite evident. And then just unreliability. So that's that's it. They left on their own. I didn't fire anyone. But the problem took care of itself because something was going to have to be done. That's for sure. And that's a doll's exclusive. That's a doll's exclusive, man. Gotta love the juice. Man, spilling some tea. <laughs> and so what happens no when you get a gang on here? You just start opening up about all the bullshit. <laughs> man, you know what? Almost everybody I've had on. Uh-huh. Since half of the people I had on gay yep <laughs> love my gays <laughs> so, you bring the drama mama man oh it is full of con drama up in here but you know if y'all don't believe me i can kindly direct you to the people <laughs> and they will tell you as well that's all folks